from the birthplace of radio's greatest era, live from New York, it's Radio Night Live with Kevin McCullough. Wait, who? Kevin McCullough, let me start with you. Huh? The big dog, Kevin McCullough. Who? Kevin McCullough. Uh, no, who? Nationally syndicated radio host and author of No, He Can't. Who? Kevin McCullough? Kevin McCullough is a nationally syndicated radio host and author of No, He Can't. What? And CEO of Extreme Media. Oh. Kevin McCullough, very glad, very glad to have you with us. And I am so excited to have my next guest back. I consider her not only uh, to be one of the most amazing success stories in all of journalism, and we could we could just brag on her uh, in that regard uh, for hours, given uh, the accolades that she deserves and what she's achieved. But I, I have had a chance to get to know this lady uh, as a friend, and I really count Harris Faulkner as one of the uh, great voices in our field. There are not a lot that I feel fit that mold. And so I really point people to uh, Harris's work on the Fox News Channel. And Harris, you know, you know, we, we just tend to keep running into each other over the years. And it's so I'm so excited that your new book is doing so well at the time uh -huh. of this discussion that we're having right now. You are number two in all nonfiction on Amazon, only behind former First Lady Michelle Obama. And uh, congrats on that. Uh, just And that's in your first week. So who knows where it's going to go once the real word of mouth gets going on this thing. But it's good to have you here. Welcome back. Uh, thank you so very much. What a warm introduction. And I mean, I don't know if your audience could hear me say stop. I mean, it's it's humbling to hear you describe me that way and you know how much i am in love with your family and your faith and just who you are as a leader kevin so it is an honor to be here um with you on High what i would indeed. call a really important time no kidding an important day and we have a lot to be thankful for in this country and i still look and, and anchor the news i look at it i anchor it and i think we're missing an ingredient here. It should be better than what it is in terms of how we're treating one another and, and how we're living. Yeah. And I know that it can be. And America's teaching me right now how much a certain message was needed. I, you know, my divine assignment, as I have coined the term, is not to prophesize. I'm a witness. God has called me to be a witness and to tell other people's stories. Uh, and in this sense, the divine assignment is tweaked a bit because I'm telling other people's faith testimonies in the book. Mm -hmm. 19 stories of people who have been to the darkest hours, to the brink, and prayer has been so mighty in their lives. Even well, those and I haven't even had a chance to formally introduce the book, so uh, let's put the book on the screen. Uh, the uh, It's called Faith Still Moves Mountains, uh, Miraculous Stories of the Healing Power of Prayer and uh, Harris Faulkner. Of course, uh, she had a bestseller that she was here with us talking a few years ago uh, that detailed some other aspects. But as you said, Harris, this isn't this this book isn't at all about you. You're no. bringing these stories to uh, full life uh, for the reader. You know, I'm also bringing contemporary things that people are already familiar with. For instance, the 2019 twister outbreak in Lee County, Alabama. And I think that's why this works for people, because they can put into context what maybe even some of them were there for. And, or maybe they knew a neighbor. Maybe they knew somebody in a neighboring state. They, You know, we've all experienced tragedy among the things that we cannot control. 
And so if prayer can bring an 80-some-year-old woman through a twister outbreak when houses on her block are gone to the foundations, including her own, and this 80-some-year-old woman, Ernestine, survives inside of a prayer closet, praying the words, Lord, I praise you. I, I'm so, so filled with gratitude for the life that you have given me. And then during the storm, she also prayed, if it is your will to give me more of that life. And then after the storm, when the emergency crews were picking her up because her hip was broken from the storm, she was screaming how thankful she was. And the Lord had brought her through, but that she didn't anticipate or expect to have any more than the relationship she had already had with him. I mean, it's amazing when, when people see that was 2019. We're not talking about stuff that happened so long ago that you can't even right. relate. Right. So I get a lot of young people walking up to me and saying, I'm reading your book because I'm having a hard time right now after all the isolation. I don't connect with people. And I said, well, practice with God. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that, Harris, because um, uh, I was uh, sitting in, in our Sunday morning uh, service. This was probably three weeks ago, and our senior teaching pastor has been going through Acts, and he was he was at this point where he was talking about how Paul always took the circumstances around him to make relevant the gospel and so he would he would use whatever circumstances to translate it into god's agenda for the moment and he would tell people god's good news um and he said for the first time in probably uh, 15 years of of pastoral ministry and he was a real cut up when he was uh, in high school and college and he was he got in a little bit Weren't of trouble we all? i mean that was the thing but and so when he when when he runs into high school friends and he goes hey what do you do he goes i'm a pastor you know they usually like yeah not you that's that's not that's not what you became um and he said for the first time in probably the last 10 years people are seeking him out at the soccer games now saying hey we need more of what you have like circumstances are so bad what what is your secret why why do you uh, believe that god answers prayer why are you in this business um and it's an open door for him to be able to talk about something that in the past you know he, he was always kind of uh, wondering 50-50 if they were going to laugh at him and walk away or stand there and, and continue to listen i mean it's it's really kind of a unique moment in history that we're in right now it's true. And, you know, I launched right into it before you'd even had a chance to introduce the book, because I feel the same way that he does, probably, that the minute anybody wants to talk about something like this and, and renewing their faith and pressing in, leaning into God so God can lean into you, I launch right in. Yeah. I'm a journalist. I, I, I again, I am not called to to preach. I am called right now to be a witness. And part of what I'm called a witness is other people's testimonies that I'm collecting along the way. So the minute the conversation gets going, I realize I'm going to get another one. I'm going to hear, I'm going to meet somebody who needs this right now, and we're going to stay connected, and then I'm going to listen to what happens. Right. I don't care how long it takes. It's not going to take six hours. It's likely not going to take six weeks. But I'm collecting stories along the way as well that to me are more of a generational movement among people who really don't have what we had growing up, Kevin. And that is the reassurance that when things go wrong, even if you haven't prayed perfectly, because who does? We're human. 
God is always ready for you whatever season you're in. Well, they haven't lived long enough to have had many seasons, so they don't know that. Um, so well, I, and there's, I, do, I agree. When you ask me about it, I, I get excited. Yeah, no, no kidding. Well, and so let me ask you, um, how long did it take to put this book together? Because, you know, I've written three or four books, and I know that in my own writing cycle, it's it's a good year, year and a half in the entire process. But it seems like yeah. some of these stories started longer much further in the past than that it feels that way because i moved contemporary in with historical for instance general george s Patton. i i had no idea how much faith meant to him hmm. and when i started to read about him um i began to pray about it i met his grandson hmm. through friends of friends benjamin Patton. And I end up talking with him for the book. And what I realize is there's so much we have in common. And Benjamin and I, I think, are just a couple of months apart in oh, age. I know. Um, but I will say this in terms of how long it took me to write the book. I think that chapter was done in a day. Because what happens is this is actually what I do. I interview people on <laughs> deadline. That's it. I don't, you know, when it was more um, autobiographical or memoir, Nine Rules of Engagement, you know, The Military Brat's Guide to Life and Success, which was my 2018 release, took me two years to write because that was based on memories and, and pictures and getting together with dad and talking about Vietnam and so on and so forth. These are things that I've covered and I have extreme just discipline around getting it done. It took yeah. me less than 90 days to do this book. Wow. That's well, I know. Congrats on that. Get up and write it and, and go to bed writing. And there are new stories for the most part that I just ask different questions. I mean, you've seen me at work. We can talk about politics. We can talk about a lot of things. When you ask someone about their faith, you can't stop them. Hold that thought right there, Lady Harris Faulkner, uh, the number one New York Times bestseller, and you've got to get the book, friends. It is uh, gonna, it's gonna encourage you in a in a day in which there may not be a lot of encouragement otherwise. So pleased to have my very good friend joining us uh, tonight on the broadcast. Kevin McCullough is my name. We are coming right back, and I hope that you'll stay with us later in the hour. We've also got. Uh, uh, an exclusive, The Little Mermaid herself joins us, Jody Benson from the uh, Ariel fame, and also Lindsey Sterling back in the music spotlight with another Sound of the Season. Carol of the Bells coming up a little bit later on. Stay here. From New York, back to Radio Night Live. Here's Kevin McCullough. Well, and so let me ask you, um, how long did it take to put this book together? Because, you know, I've written three or four books, and I know that in my own writing cycle, it's it's a good year, year and a half in the entire process. But it seems like yeah. some of these stories started longer, much further in the past than that. It feels that way because I moved contemporary in with historical. For instance, General George S. Patton. I, I had no idea how much faith meant to him. Hmm. And when I started to read about him, um, I began to pray about it. I met his grandson hmm. through friends of friends, Benjamin Patton. 
and I end up talking with him for the book. And what I realize is there's so much we have in common. And Benjamin and I, I think, are just a couple of months apart in age. I know. Um, But I will say this in terms of how long it took me to write the book. I think that chapter was done in a day. Because what happens is, this is actually what I do. I interview people on deadline. (laughs) I don't, you know, when it was more um, autobiographical or memoir, Nine Rules of Engagement, you know, The Military Brat's Guide to Life and Success, which was my 2018 release, took me two years to write. Because that was based on memories and and pictures and getting together with dad and talking about Vietnam and so on and so forth. These are things that I've covered and I have extreme just discipline around getting it done. It took me less than 90 days to do this book. Wow. That's well, I know. Congrats on that. Get up and write it and, and go to bed writing. And there are news stories for the most part that. I just ask different questions. I mean, you've seen me at work. We can talk about politics. We can talk about a lot of things. When you ask someone about their faith, you can't stop them. Well, you'll get one of two reactions. It'll shut them down or it'll turn them on. And yeah, especially if it's something that means something to them. We're speaking with Harris Faulkner and her brand new uh, book is titled uh, Faith Still Moves Mountains, Miraculous Stories of the Healing Power of Prayer. Fox Books has been kind enough to be sponsoring my show the last several weeks. Uh, But I would have interviewed her about this anyway, because I just believe in uh, Harris's uh, ethos, uh, her ethics, uh, everything about what she does. Let me let me ask you. you mentioned uh, the fact that you're a witness to these things. Um, it's it's interesting. I don't know if you're familiar with the crowd-funded um, drama called The Chosen, but it just released yes. season three, and my my kids have been dumbfounded by it. It's so moving. It's it's kind of like This Is Us on biblical steroids. Um, but the That's stories. Great. I'm saying, but the call me call me marketing. We'll we'll, we'll get it done. Uh, but Harris, the uh, the the thing that's kind of revealed, I think, in that telling of the story that way is that it was the story of the stories that came together. Yeah. And I'm wondering, you you say you're a witness to their testimonies, but how how has your own faith, if you'll pull the curtain back for me a second here, how has your own faith been energized or changed or deepened because of hearing what these stories include? You know, uh, you were one of the first people that I heard from after I'd lost my dad on Christmas Day in 2020. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I put on a rather brave face. But to transparently talk about this, I was pulling away from my faith. I was so hurt and broken. Not only did I lose my dad on Christmas Day, hours after I'd spoken with him mm-hmm. Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. but he was the second parent in a very short period of time in my life and i hadn't fathomed my young children not having grandparents Mm -hmm. especially now that danica is 13 you know and bella is 15. teenagers i thought that they would be there the way that they would be you know the way that they were for me and i didn't understand what god really was calling me to do because my career life was getting bigger but there was a part of me that felt very small and broken. Yeah. And I began to remember what my mother taught me because I, I needed them so much. And I said, well, maybe the answer is if I just think about what mom and dad would do right now. Hmm. And 
I was embarrassed by the fact, first of all, one of the reasons why I didn't share it with people is because I'm so mightily blessed. How could I ever complain? Mm. And something reminded me of my mom saying, give all your worries and sorrows in life to God and don't forget to pray when things are going well, too. And that is so important because that speaks to looking at, at a relationship with the Lord as more than just the entity that you go to when things are bad, mm -hmm. which treats him more like Santa Claus or Superman. Yeah. And he's nothing like us. He's not. He's always there. And my dad would tell me, do battle with the tough times, not with God. So I knew I had to lean back in. And I keep a pretty good diary of things. And since losing them, one of the things that I got from my dad's belongings, my sister and I, my younger sister and I both agreed kind of on what we would, you know, take for our lives. And, and she said, do you want the Bible? And I said, I think I do. And I started to flip through it. And they each had written what I just told you down in their own handwriting. Mm. My mom's handwriting was in his Bible as well. Mm. And in reading that, it made writing this book really easy because I was able to be transparent. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know that the Lord hears our prayers. I know that Jesus Christ is an intercessor for us. I know. I, you don't have to convince me of anything because I have been in that point in my life where everything around me looks so good, but inside of me, I was broken. Yeah. And that was my season to really lean in. And other people may be in different seasons, but wherever you are, just pray every day. Find a place, a time, a moment where you are alone, whether it's five minutes or an hour, whatever you have, and your prayers don't have to be perfect, but be specific with the Lord. Give him your broken pieces. Tell him what that's like, but also have the patience to be silent and listen. Those two words have the same letters for a reason. <laughs> that's right. And he will speak to you. And then walk that out in your life when you get, when you get what you, you know, hear specific to you from the Lord. And it's his timing what you're working on with him. Well, there's no doubt that um, he's big enough to handle um, our our big enough issues. There you go. I, I, I love the fact that you've you've gone down this path with this book, Harris. I think it's going to bless a lot of people. It already already is uh, coming in at number two in its first week. Um, and I know that that doesn't mean anything to you, but uh, I, I am so, uh, I just as someone who considers you a friend, I'm just really proud of what God has done in your life and in your heart and in your uh, calling, as you called it at the beginning of this discussion. Friends, you, uh, go out and get Harris's book. You know what I think? I think this would make a perfect holiday gift for any yeah. number of family members. Christmas. So get it get it now. And uh, then if you really want to bless someone, just download the, the podcast of this discussion and, and you can get that for free. Uh -huh. Just give that to them too. But um, I love that. Harris. Talking with you. And I, I do want to quickly say, it does mean something that people are going out and getting the book, but you know me well enough to know that is more about what they're getting from yeah, it. You want it to change lives. You don't want it to sit on their shelf. You want it to actually do yeah, something. I so. want them to read it. Yep. All right. Uh, Harris Faulkner, always appreciate it. Thank you so much. God bless, Kevin. Thank you.
Radio Night Live. Here's Kevin McCullough. Uh, Kevin McCullough from the Wing Feather Saga. Uh, Andrew Peterson is, of course, the genius behind it, and one of his very good friends is Keith Getty, who joins me now. And uh, genius Keith, that pales, uh, genius that pales into insignificance when it comes to Andrew Peterson. His ability to tell a story in like four different genres is beyond anything I know. So we are just honored to be here. I guess you've read the books, Keith. Yes, <laughs> he does everything. But it doesn't matter what Andrew does, whether it's songs, whether it's uh, whether it's uh, pr- pr- musicals, whether it's uh, album collections, whether it's novels, poems. He just he just has an ability to craft a story that just draws people in, like actually nobody I know in in the modern Christian scene. Well, we know that Keith read the books, but Lady Getty. <laughs> I started with the girls. And and what do they think? Well, they were whenever we first started. They were a little bit scared because it's a very dramatic story, but they're perfect age. So we're hoping we're very excited about tonight. So my Charlotte and Jonathan, seven and ten, they're in the right, they're in the right age group. I think so, and we're, this, I think this is going to springboard us into this marvelous series of books. Well, it's great to see you guys outside of New York, and we'll see you in just a few weeks in New York. We look forward to that. I come back to Stern Auditorium. Uh, yes, indeed, and I can't believe you made it to Nashville. I didn't know you. I didn't know you. Knew well, the when they pay my way, Keith, it's a lot easier. Okay. okay. Yeah. Did we forget to do that? Yeah. <laughs> Kevin McCullough, Radio Night Live at the Wing Feather Saga premiere. And as you know, on Saturday night, New Music Spotlight highlights current top songs in the country. And in 2021, my next guest had not one but two with He Will and I Don't Want to Miss It, L.A. Holcomb. Hi. You're here in Nashville at a movie premiere. It's so fun to see you. It's so fun to be here. It really is. And it's fun to see you. Well, you were you, you blessed my family a couple of years ago when you came with the Gettys to uh, Carnegie Hall. Mm-hmm. And I think you guys did Elizabeth. Was that, was that yeah. the song? I have a pretty good memory. Uh, you um, too. I'm impressed. And uh, your, your couple of albums since then have been just nothing but hugely impactful in a lot of people's lives, including my own family's life. And they kind of hit during pandemic when a lot of people needed some encouragement. Who encouraged you over the last three years? Oh, I love that question so much. Um, I would say, well, Andrew Peterson. We've been reading these books with my kids, and it has been such a beautiful thing to lean into a story that reminds us we're a part of a bigger story than just our own. And, um, and then, or is it, in his case, seven different stories at the seven same time. Seven different stories at the same time, that's right. Um, and then there's a book called Every Moment Holy by Douglas McKelvey, another rabbit room author. Uh, liturgies for very ordinary moments in your day and you do a lot of ordinary moments as a mom changing diapers you're fixing a meal you're um you're decorating for christmas and so you're your cup of coffee and so that has been a beautiful way um, to see that there is beauty and there's sacred and there's holy even in every single moment of our day so that's been a gift that's poured into me a lot what's next creatively for ellie holcomb I've just released a children's Christmas record and a children's Christmas book called Sounding Joy and Sing Christmas Songs. So that feels pretty special coming with three little kids of my own, getting to uh, invite people to sing for the hope that we have because of Christmas. You're not going to make it through New York anytime soon, are you? We are. We're going to be in New York in February. Drew and I are doing the UME tour uh, residency at the City Winery in February. So how many dates will that include? Three. All right, I, I've got to, I've got to find out what those dates are, and we'll be there. Well, well, we'll put you on the radio and do all kinds of fun stuff there. Well, Ellie Holcomb, thank you, and uh, congrats. Uh, we we didn't really have a way to to notify you of being part of the new music spotlight and awarding you, but we were grateful to do it, and uh, look forward to having you back sometime. 
Thank you so much for having me. It's really good to see you. So without any further ado, here's a sneak peek at Wing Feather Saga. What are the rules when you're in town? Stay together, be polite. When things are mad, stay out of sight. We are truly indebted to our brave and magnanimous host. Tink, you can't just run off. Rumor is, Black Carriage took three children last month. When you ran off, I had to leave Lily alone. Lily? Lily? Thank you, Lonnie Perkins. And yet to come tonight on uh, Radio Night Live, we've still got uh, Lindsey Sterling in the holiday music spotlight with another uh, just brilliant piece of uh, holiday cheer for your for your evening. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I had the distinct honor of uh, heading to Nashville, Tennessee on a very cold fall day uh, to sit and chat with the great Jody Benson. You may know her. She wanted to be part of your world from the Walt Disney mega hit, uh, The Little Mermaid. Uh, here's my conversation with Jody Benson. Kevin McCullough, glad to be with you on the set of Wing Feather, which is the brand new Angel Studios latest offering. It's gonna be an enormous hit. And when I was contacted to come talk to the, uh, the, the cast and crew, I had a very busy schedule. I was in Atlanta the night before. I've got an event in New York tomorrow. But my bride said, if you don't do this, I will throttle you. And I said, why? She said, because Jody Benson's going to be there. <laughs> so um, since I want to be a part of her world, there I thought it go. would be good if uh, we didn't snarf blat this right out of the gate. Uh, Jody, uh, it's nice to meet you. Nice, nice to have to you. Meet you too. And in fact, I do send greetings to my bride who attended Calvary Community Church in oh, Thousand wonderful. Oaks when you were on the West Coast. That's I think great. you yeah. were there a couple of oh, times. That's great. That's wonderful. Tell um, her I said hi. <laughs> you want to give a shout out? Hi, yes. Amy. Hi, yes. Amy. There we go. Hi, Amy. She, she loved everything you ever did. And uh, oh, now I'll be you. in the good for the rest of the, uh, the good, rest of 22. I'm, good I'm husband here. points. That's, it. that's great. Jody, um, Wingfeather's a little different than anything else that's been done out there. 
yeah. what brought you to the project? Um, I was auditioning for a bunch of different things during the shutdown mm-hmm. in my little closet with towels you all around bored. me. You were trying to find something to do, were you? <laughs> and um, I just, I really loved this character. Now, I only had a couple pages, just a, a couple scenes. I was like, wow, I really like this this character of this project. And sent it off and didn't hear anything. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. And then a few months passed and kind of got the email from the agent going, I, th- I think you're in the running for this Wing Feather Saga. I'm like, what was that one? So I went back through my phone because I was recording with my little microphone with my iPhone. And uh, I was like, I liked that character. I remember that project. So kind of brought that one back and laid down a couple more options. And then when I was cast, I thought, wow, this is, this is really neat. Then I started hearing about it because I hadn't read the books. And uh, to see that, that it's this amazing team and that it's a faith-based project was really special because I hadn't done one in a long time. And, uh, yeah, I really love this character. Um, Andrew Peterson has really st- stuck out some ground for himself in the, in the Christian composition arena. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know about his literary abilities. Um, what do you think is important about these stories for kids? Why, why is it that? Why is it good for kids to be exposed to what these stories have to say? I like the stories because um, they're very real. They're not um, kind of fluffy. You know, they're not geared towards um, more of a. So what these stories have to say? I like the stories because um, they're very real. They're not um, kind of fluffy, you know, they're not geared towards um, more of a kind of, yeah, and kind of, I want to use the word cheesy a little bit, but what I love about it is that they're very real and they have some light moments and they have some really dark moments. They've got some scary moments and some joy-filled moments. Um, It's kind of a slice of real life. I think. And so for a family to be able to enjoy this together, I think it's going to be great. Um, I think for kids, it's going to be something different. And and I think different is good. Well, I've got a 10 year old and seven year old, and we were just given a little 26 minute. I think it's a really kind of early clip of, of what the first episode looks like. And they couldn't take their eyes off of it. Good. The, the characters good. were so pronounced in terms of um, not just what they look like, which is obvious because it's an animation, but but what they had to say and how they interacted and the mm-hmm. story and so forth. Um, Storytelling is really important to um, life, and you've spent your life helping to tell stories. Right. Um, were you ever impacted by a great story in your life? Oh, yes. Uh, I... I, I grew up um, really loving Cinderella. That was that was my movie. That was my princess. Charlotte <laughs> Ariel likes Cinderella too. That's right. I Just do love Cinderella. That's my seven. Uh, <laughs> and um, what I loved about that is that it's a real story, and I really connected with her trying to kind of think outside of the box, trying to get to a different place than where she was, and um, could really relate to that character. Uh, Sounds but, a lot like Ariel, yeah, actually. <laughs> trying to get think, to a different place. Yeah, exactly. But I think as a, as a vocalist as well, uh, for song, for me to be able to sing, that 
the element of storytelling is so important to me. It's yeah. not about was the note the right note? Was it clear? Was it, you know, did I hit the right pitch? How about how long did I hold the note? It's really more about did I tell a story and did I make people feel something as I shared a song? So um, I love that. I love that element of storytelling. And, and I found that love and that passion within the voiceover world of animation as well. Yeah. So it's it's a different way to express a story than than singing a song and and tackling a lyric but um it's still storytelling at heart and i love that art is kind of under siege in a couple of different ways in american culture these days you've got people that are trying to do very kind of perverse things with it on the far end of one of the end of the spectrum but you've got angel that's really trying to invest in good storytelling and good mm -hmm. making good art and obviously the success with the chosen has been right. off the charts um, Wing Feather, they seem to be extremely excited about it. I haven't seen a completed edition of one of the I episodes yet. Um, what, <laughs> I'm looking you, forward to what it. What do you hope it accomplishes? You know, I, I, I know it's going to be a, a beautiful series just from the little pieces I've seen of, of sketch work and just little bits and pieces of it. It's, it's very beautiful. It's a different kind of animation, and I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I just hope that families can gather up and that kids can gather up and enjoy seeing something that lets them have a variety of feelings with it. And I think it's going to be really great to be able to say, you know, I felt some joy, but I also I also felt sad and mm -hmm. I felt kind of scared during this moment. I think those emotions are very important for kids to learn how to process. We lost a very able to walk through that. big advocate on all that stuff with Fred Rogers when he passed mm -hmm. away. So we need good storytellers to come back and let kids know it's okay yeah. to feel what you feel. Mm -hmm. It's what you do with those feelings that matter. Yeah. Been such a delight to have Jody Benson with us. Uh, thank you for being here, being here as well. Thank and you. Uh, uh, Jody, um, appreciate it. I appreciate thank it. You. Thank you so much. Thanks. Once again, from New York, here's Radio Night Live and Kevin McCullough. She first came to the American uh, radar screen, if you will, vis-a-vis -vis Dancing with the Stars. And little did people understand that this dynamo who uh, danced her heart out for people on that competition actually was much better as a violin player. Uh, here tonight in the holiday music stage follow-up, uh, Lindsey Sterling demonstrates both with some key choreography and some great fiddling as well. Please welcome back Lindsey Sterling.
Carol of the Bells, hoping to help you celebrate this holiday season just a little bit more. Lindsey Sterling in the Music Spotlight tonight. Did you know we've got the new Music Spotlight as a playlist, both on Spotify and on Apple Music? Please go and check that out. Uh, you can actually do that through my Instagram page, Kevin McCullough, at KMC Radio. And be on the lookout. Some big changes coming to uh, Radio Night Live in the next couple of weeks. I hope to have more info for that on you soon. But thank you for making us a part of your weekend. Thanks so much.